0: Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Sit back and enjoy stories and insight from sports icons from all over. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable!
1: Touchdown Bombers!
0: Welcome to Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Today's guest is partner and host of Winnipeg Sports Talk, Andrew Patterson. Andrew, thanks for coming on to the show. I'm super excited to talk Winnipeg sports with you. It's just been a wild ride the last year that we've been in this pandemic and with everything that's happened around Winnipeg sports regarding the NHL and now hopefully the CFL. Thanks for coming on, man.
1: Hey, Matias, my pleasure. Um, You know, you're right. Excuse me. It's been, I mean, listen for everyone. You don't have to be involved in sports to have been had your life turned upside down um, by what we've been through for the last year and a half or whatever, but... I mean, the sports and entertainment industries in particular have been affected so much. And, you know, it's affected the players. It's certainly affected the fans. And uh, obviously with us, I'm not sure how directly related it was with the demise of our old station on Pemina Highway. But I mean, it all happened within the the realm of this pandemic. And, you know, people's lives have changed. But when it comes to sports and especially Winnipeg sports, uh, it was great to see the Jets have a great season, even though we couldn't be in the building. Uh, but I'm in particularly fired up that it seems like we're trending in the right direction. We're seeing the potential to get reopened. And the bottom line is we got to get some asses and seats at IG Field for the Bombers uh, coming up on August 5th when the Cats are here. And fingers crossed, we'll be able to fill the place for the Banjo Bowl and raise that Grey Cup banner after Labor Day weekend if things continue to go the way they are.
0: First things first, CFL's on deck the leagues had announced a schedule and has declared the August 5th will be the kickoff date for 2021. Now, mind you, last year, they did go through quite a bit of work to see how they could figure out a return to play plan, but weren't able to put it forth and make it happen. Unfortunately this year, do you feel that there's a very different sentiment or what are your thoughts on what's going to happen this CFL season? If they're really going to play all the full 14 games or how things are going to evolve at least to the best of our ability to predict in a very unpredictable environment.
1: Yeah, well, I'll say this. Um, I am as optimistic and positive as I've been at any point in this, over the course of the pandemic, when it comes to the CFL, I mean, you nailed it. I mean, they were the one league that couldn't get it done and and get on the field last year in some way without fans. And a big part of that is the business model of the CFL. Um, The fact that a number of teams were hemorrhaging money to begin with. And there was some concern that when we got to this year, I mean, never mind all the talk about the XFL and what the future of the league is, just in the short term, that you know, some of the teams did not want to play. And you know, that was a real concern. I mean, you can't you can't go forward if you know half the teams are like, Well, no, we're just gonna lose too much money. We oh, you know. but I think everyone realized that the potential to really lose the Canadian football league in a lot of ways um, if they didn't play a second year was significant. So I think they had to do this. Uh, I give credit to the owners knowing that they're going to be, probably be losing more money in some markets than they would if they didn't play um, because it's important for the league going forward. And I mean, the biggest thing about this Matias is that, you know, we're in, you know, Manitoba in particular, I mean, we're, we've been, you know, sort of late to the party of wave three and it really put us behind and we've seen other things happening at other provinces where we would like to get to. But the fact that that's happening, um, you know, I think it's all about fans. I mean, if there was going to be zero fans all year, I'm not sure whether we'd be having the same conversation, but the fact of the matter is we're going to be getting to start with some amount of fans. I think in, I mean, listen, Saskatchewan's hoping to have a full place for their home opener, which is great to hear. Um, It is very important to get some revenue in. But at the same time, for the league itself, they had to play. Um, I'm happy that the Board of Governors committed to doing it, even though there will be some financial sacrifice going forward. Um, But on the other side of it, I'll tell you what, I'm really optimistic that this might be, I'm hoping a turning point for the CFL in that you know, the 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 time we've been as sports fans, regardless of whether you're a CFL fan or not, without being able to get together with other fans outdoors in venues like that. Um, I think there's a lot of people that maybe weren't regulars beforehand, but just have been through everything, haven't been with friends, haven't been with people that I think are maybe going to want to go or give it a chance, even if they weren't. Regular attendees, you know, beforehand, and I'm hoping it's less important in a place like Winnipeg or Saskatchewan, but certainly in some of these markets, BMO Field in Toronto, Montreal. I mean, if they can introduce a new group of fans that you know have been locked up for 18 months, and you know maybe turn those people into fans, that's I think what I'm hoping to see in some of these other markets because I think there'll be a real genuine sense of excitement just that there are large gatherings and there are games going on that people can go to and. Um, I'm really hoping that this can be the start of a real rebound for the Canadian football league beginning on August 5th, when the Bombers and Ticats play here in the peg.
0: And throwing it back to the last time the CFL had financial troubles during the U S expansion in the 94, 95 seasons, the CFL was in a similar situation where they were unsure as to what was going to happen with the financial lifeblood of this league and having to rely on random scattered American franchises in just such weird places. Like you'd think they're going to expand (laughs) into America. I've had this conversation with my dad many times, expand to teams and cities across the border that are close, can create rivalries. They're not going to get an NFL team, but Shreveport, Louisiana, like I'm not sure (laughs) if some CFL fans could even label that on a map, you know, the inverse of America's not knowing where some of the places are in the CFL, but that's really what happened. And then we all know the the infamous story of the bar singer from Las Vegas who didn't know the lyrics <laughs> to the Canadian national anthem. Like the CFL can't have that happen again. But at the same time, I think you're right. This will be a huge turning point because I can just envision Bombers fans probably just in tears at the opening kickoff. Against oh man, the
1: man! Like, Listen, if we get if, if we get to the point on or whatever the four, three, two, one great summer reopening plan that has those. Canada Day, August long weekend, Labor Day as the thresholds, if we get to whatever the vaccination numbers are, the 100% would be Labor Day. And if we can get to that and that Banjo Bowl is sold out and, you know, they do celebrate the Grey Cup Championship, as Wade Miller said, they're not going to do it until they can have a full house. They certainly will for that game. You're absolutely right. It'll be the biggest moment in the history of IG Field, uh, without a doubt. It'll be a seminal moment, I think, for you know, for a lot of people, just you know, in their lives, they will remember going through the pandemic and coming back to a sold-out Bomber game, that atmosphere. And I think it'll be fantastic for the league and for the team. Fingers crossed, though, as we can get there. I mean, you asked about my level of of confidence. I mean, like with all this stuff, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm like everyone else. We just follow, but I mean, the trends are going in a great direction. We're seeing it happen in other places. I don't think there's any reason that, you know, we can't follow those same, uh, those same guidelines and same path. And the bottom line is it seems like our vaccine uptake has been really good. That's going to be the key. That's going to be what gets us out of this. So if that's the case, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bullish on it and man, it'll be great to be talking about you know, bad plays on defense and great play and just talking about football as opposed to the really the conversations that have been going for the last 18 months when it comes to the CFL. It's like, is there going to be a league? When are they going to play? I mean, all those things about, you know, the situation that the owners and the league had to figure out along with the PA, all that's going to be in the rearview mirror. And we'll just be talking about a CFL season, albeit 14 games. And uh, I'll tell you what, I can't wait.
0: No doubt. It's going to be, I think, one of the most exciting CFL seasons of all time, because there's just this great sense of gratitude that will be felt by everybody. And there will be no other feeling than the excitement and the the, the ebbs and flows of watching a Labor Day classic and then watching the Banjo Bowl the next week, rather than just forgetting that the CFL is supposed to be on oh television. And I got to that point last year where people were saying, oh, I miss Labor Day so much. And I was like, wait, there's supposed to be CFL on? And it got to that point where it was just so reflexive that I had adjusted to what life was like in that moment that I forgot that there was supposed to be games on. And mind you, the last game that I was at was the last game anybody could have been at. And that was the most memorable game and the only time in my life that I've ever seen the Bombers win. And then for that to just, dissipate to nothingness (laughs) in 2020 was just so difficult
1: uh it was well hey we did have a pretty good banger downtown with that parade i mean the the pictures of the bomber great cup parade in 2019 would be etched in in winnipeg lore and history forever uh it was a heck of a party and uh, you know we went to the holidays great and then and then everything happened it was really unfortunate but you know i know we're you know, I think everyone's been spent a lot of time dwelling on what the problems have been. Now, I think there's a real sense of optimism and moving forward. And yeah, we're going to have to go through a few more tough weeks until we can, you know, get some of the things we like to do back. But a big, big part of that, certainly in this community, and I think around the country, is getting together in sporting events And the CFL part of the fabric of uh, the Canadian sports landscape. It is great to have it back. The, the The country needs it back. The league needs to be back. The players, the fans, everyone needs it. And I'm hoping... As I mentioned, that you know, this can be the start of some real positive forward trajectory for the league, regardless of what happens potentially with the league going forward after this season.
0: The big crowds are something that I'm sure many sports fans are itching and scratching for. Maybe as much as it may sound not good or weird to say, Oh, I'm so excited to see all these people in a packed house considering what's been going on. You can't you can't lie to me and say looking at the games in Vegas has been at least like looking, looking inside a candy store from the outside as a kid. Like, <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. All those people like getting Vegas excited and
1: Long Island too. those Islander fans are just bananas. Um, they are every, every game is an extra game. They get to spend at, you know, the famous Nassau County Coliseum. And yeah, man, uh, listen, it, it has been, it has been tough. I mean, as a sports nerd, a sports fan, someone that, you know, I mean, listen, when I, I'm in this business and I've been for a long time, but I got into it as a labor of love. And if I wasn't doing this, I'd still be going to all the games and doing the things that, you know, I always did as a fan before. So, you know, you have that taken away uh, you're pining for it. And then you see other teams in your league in the continent that, you know, we think of as, you know, kind of equal, same as us. That are in way different situations so uh listen the sooner the better we can get to these i just tell people just get the damn shot and let's get opened up and let's get back at the park and watch some football
0: and if not then you're gonna have to pull some strings and ask gary to give you an extra seat next to him in the booth so you can get down to vegas and experience (laughs) that full crowd at least well, i have been down really there a few
1: times it's amazing i mean they've done such a great job with that team the the atmosphere i mean i tell people it, it's certainly different than many of the other hockey venues you've been in before but man is it fun win or lose the crowd is awesome the venue is great everything around it's spectacular um so yeah when we do get back open and things are normal if you do have the chance to check out a night's game even if it's not a jets night's game and you're in Sin City, check it out. It's uh, It'll be a, quite an experience for you if you've never taken it in before.
0: And speaking of iconic experiences for, for fans in sports venues down in America, your Kansas City Chiefs, I'm sure, will be rocking the house if they're a full capacity this season. And I'm sure that once you got your double shot, then you're going to be flying down as fast as you can to get back to get your butt back in your seat at Arrowhead Stadium to watch the Kansas City Chiefs play. How excited are you to get like to get back oh. to an NFL game like please well I, I cannot
1: be. wait especially down to KC I mean the last time I saw the Chiefs at Arrowhead was the AFC championship game in 2018 I guess um and that was the game the D Ford offside that robbed my of the opportunity I mean the game was over god I'm getting triggered just thinking about that game now that I think about it but um Listen, I, I can't wait to get back to Arrowhead. I cannot wait to see the Chiefs, and I cannot wait to see the Chiefs fire up the revenge tour for what happened in the Super Bowl last year. Um, credit to the Bucs. I mean, they were clearly the better team on that Sunday in Tampa. They dominated the line of scrimmage on, from offensive perspective, from a defensive perspective. And to be honest, the only thing that kept that game close was Pat Mahomes. I joke to people, if you switch Brady and Mahomes from team to team in that game, the Bucs win 70 nothing. So... The Andy Reid and his team—they, have I mean—they've rebuilt the offensive line, which was job number one. It was a big reason why Mahomes ran more than any quarterback ever in a game in that Super Bowl against Tampa. Um, so yeah, listen, I cannot wait to get down there to do that, to take it in, get our fantasy teams going again, but also to attend. And uh, I'm a big golf guy too. Won the lottery two years ago for the Ryder Cup, so I am. Fingers crossed. End of September, we'll be able to take that in at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin, and that is going to be. Uh, I was able, lucky enough to get to the hazeltine uh, 2016 Rider Cup, and it was a, uh, it was one of those events when you've done a lot of things. I mean, I've been to six Super Bowls, and you know, I, I mean, a ton of great World Series, great events. That was unlike anything I've ever been to before. The emotion, the excitement, the crowd, the players. So, uh fingers crossed, we'll be able to get that done. And. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as soon as 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 soon as there's a big green light, there will definitely be some traveling and some sporting events in my future. And I think uh, a lot of the people listening now are saying, damn right, when can we do this? And let's get after it.
0: 100%. And the discussions about the opening of the American border, just, I feel like it starts to gear up sports fans like Hungry Wolves or like the hyenas from Lion King. You know, they just start to circle around the office and like, when are you opening? When are you opening? Like, yeah. when can I get that first small excuse so I can get across the, the American border? Because quite honestly, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything like sports games in America, at least from the North American context of the major four leagues that we watch. Obviously, Jets games, any NHL game, maybe with the exception of like Ottawa, if they're doing good or not, is very crazy in Canada. But I was just even thinking about it the other day, going to a Jaguars game again, I'm like, man, just, that'll be so exciting to be in a stadium with 60,000 people. And especially to be watching Trevor Lawrence play and to see a new era and all these sorts of things and just be down in the U S or be down in the sunshine state. I think that's, what's really exciting about traveling down to America for me. And Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like not only it's more than the game. And I mean, we were talking off air. People often ask, how did I become a chiefs fan? And It started with a trip in the late nineties, meeting some people down in KC. We got some tickets for the game, but they, they said, well, if you're going to a game, we want to show you what it's all about. So we were there at eight in the morning, um, you know, tailgating and grilling. And I mean, it's just a whole nother culture that we hadn't seen before. And it is, and again, so much more than the game. I mean, it's a full day. Um, there are people that go and tailgate all day that don't even go into the games. (laughs) I mean, they're having that much fun. So, um, you know, you get a little bit of a taste of that and it is something, and the great thing about it is we're seeing more and more of that here now. And I give Wade Miller a lot of credit since the move to IG field. Um, they were pretty tight and strict on a lot of things back in the Winnipeg stadium days. And um, Wade gets it. And he wants people to come and have fun. They've done great things for the game day experience on site at IG field. And the fact that they've been more or less encouraging people to, have fun in their, t- in the parking spots beforehand and, um, you know, do it up, do it up like they do south the border and kind of creating a bit of a tailgate culture here. So it's been really cool to see that grow over the last few years at IG field. And I have a feeling uh, there's been some people that have had 18 months to think about their mate, what they're making for game number one. So uh, I think it should be good. And uh, that to me is one of the great things that, that could help the league so much, not just here, but in other spots, if we can get more of that, um event feel where people are getting together grilling and whatnot beforehand going to the game before uh, together um if you can get that sort of set up in these other stadiums uh that's only going to get more fans and drive more people to games
0: so we've been talking a lot about some of the changes and maybe some of the the landmark moments that will come to be when the cfl is able to return and when the nhl is able to have fans at games up north of the border here in canada for yourself in particular you have been no stranger to rapid experience uh, to the rapid experience of change over the last six months in your industry, in your job, and have now brought Winnipeg Sports Talk to life with Michael Remus. You guys have done an amazing job growing an audience and really connecting again with sports fans, despite the unfortunate departure of the three major radio stations for TSN across Canada. What has this journey been like? And what is the biggest thing that you've learned at this stage in your career? with having to experience such a wild change overnight?
1: Wow, Um, it's a great question. And yeah, there's a lot to put into this one. Um, You know, we, and it's funny, we were just talking about the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because I had to come back onto the air that Monday after the Super Bowl. And I joked that, you know, a smaller man would have taken the day off and not shown up and faced the music on that game. Uh, But I did had to suffer through three hours of talking about the Super Bowl and getting tweaked from everybody in the listening audience about, you know, the chiefs getting their butts kicked. And then the next morning they shut the station down. <laughs> that was it. That was the final show, Ten years on the air uh, ended in uh, it ended in five minutes on a conference call. Um, which I listen, you know, I, I don't know. there's no good way to to do anything like that. I mean, it was it was shocking. And listen, it hurt all of us individually. Um, but to me, and this kind of transitions into Winnipeg sports talk, it absolutely was a death blow for, you know, the Winnipeg sports community, even in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, uh, you know, I, I maybe lived this more and knew it more. And, you know, we've seen, if you compare TSN 1290s ratings to the other stations around the country, um, consistently for 10 years, top rated station amongst TSN. Um, and, you know, with them losing the rights of the, of the jets, a year earlier to OB, I mean, we really thought that that, I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, that station could have been very profitable going forward without that big, uh, you know, we, the shows would have been the same. They were very well established. Uh, We had a great following, good advertisers. Um, But again, it's someone in a, in an accounting office up in Toronto that, that made a decision that affected a lot of people. And, you know, then sitting there afterwards, it wasn't like they just threw us all out. I mean, we'd been there, Um, You know, there was a union, so you kind of knew that you were going to get X amount for the time you've worked there. So, um, you know, we had a little bit of time to figure out what was next, but it was very clear that something needed to happen. I mean, they weren't just replacing everybody with other people and still bringing that content there in the same spot. They shut it all down. The demand, like Winnipeg didn't stop being a sports crazy city. People didn't stop wanting great Jets content and bomber content people didn't want to stop, you know, stop listening to the personalities that they had welcomed into their homes, cars, whatever, for 10 years. But that was no longer possible. And we had to figure out a way to, to continue to deliver that in 2021. And luckily with technology, um, you know, you need to kind of know what you're doing or have someone that knows what they're doing. And that's Michael Remus most of the time. Um, and you know, we, uh, we came together and decided that we would go forward and and try Winnipeg sports talk. And I didn't want to name it like the hustler show or anything like that, because I wanted it to be essentially a starting point for us to potentially grow this channel, because I know there's demand for a lot more than just a couple hours of, you know, sports talk when it comes to, uh, the local, but you know, you, first of all, you need to see how it worked. You need to see if there's support for it. Um, and there has been, I mean, the numbers that we've had, have absolutely blown us away. I mean, our goals, you know, for six months down the road, we were hitting in one month. I mean, we were, we, we were just doing a lot of things and, and people were noticing it. And I have to thank the, the the sponsors that are with us right now. That sort of, there was a number of them that believed in this and said, you know, we'll give you guys a shot before we'd even turn the mics on. Um, and then as we kind of established it, a lot of other people were taking notice. And I think really wanting to support something like this, that was local done by local guys that maybe got served up a bit of a raw deal that at the end of the day, we're putting out quality content that people wanted to hear. And it's been amazing. Um, as far as the changes go, uh, it's, I mean it's incredible i mean now i'm you know firing up uh, from you know a studio in my place remus is in his basement with sort of the command center for winnipeg sports talk and we're doing it all like that because we started it in the middle of the pandemic i mean how things look going forward um you know we'd love to be able to do things on site I'll probably mean buying some more equipment and kind of, you know, continuing to evolve as a, as a little company. Uh, But we're in a great position to do exactly that. Um, What we had to do first and foremost was to let people know if you're missing the content you used to get on TSN 1290, we're still doing it. We're delivering it in a different way. And, you know, we had planned to do it mainly as a podcast. I was always envisioning this would just be a podcast. We'd record it, and we'd plan to get it in people's inboxes around three or three thirty when they normally listen to me on the way home. Um, but Remus, who does a lot of Twitch streaming, is playing NHL and stuff like that. I think had a real good kind of knowledge of the landscape of streaming and and where things go and what could be the most beneficial when it comes to, you know, being able to get that content out in a lot of different ways and growing it. And he suggested we do it on YouTube. Um, Basically, he goes, the podcast will be the podcast, but, you know, we'll just record it live on YouTube. And if people want to pop in, and I honestly thought that maybe we'd have like 10 or 20 keeners that would be like, oh, we'll see what the guys are doing. But 99% of the consumption of the pod would be um, via podcast. it, it, I couldn't have been more wrong. Um, The explosion of the YouTube channel, both with subs, the numbers that we've had, my God, it was crazy through the playoffs, um, has been overwhelming. So, you know, we actually have now trended for the first few months in almost an equal split between 50% people downloading podcasts, 50% or more watching on the YouTube channel. Um, And as you get more established, more people find out that kind of grows organically. And uh, people realize that, you know, if they are sitting around at their desk or whatever, they can fire it up and hang with us live or just get it on the way home. So uh, delivering the content has been, you know, an interesting challenge, how to monetize the content and get people that were willing to support it, but make sure that it makes sense for them. Um, so you can have long-term relationships, not going from person to person to person. And we've been really lucky with that. Um, but at the end of the day, TS much like what you're doing right now. The content is the king. Um You know, you have to be putting out something that people want to listen to, want to talk about, one of those things. And we've been doing it for over 10 years. So the content has been the easiest part of things. It's been figuring out how the business is going to work, everything on the business side. And then the technical side with Dreamus has done such a great job of. And, uh, you know, here we are just over three months in, um, really enjoying the success and uh, getting ready for a massive kind of full year back when we can get out and connect with some of our people in person. Uh, whether it be at a Boston pizza or at a game. Um, I, I think that's going to be another big step for Winnipeg Sports Talk just to let people know because when people do find out we're there, they usually come in and stick around and uh, make a point to join us daily. And uh, that's what we like to hear.
0: And this this really reminds me of, of what Rod has done with his show in Regina because for a person that cheers for teams from Winnipeg and does not cheer for teams from Saskatchewan, <laughs> I still have found this very weird itch of just enjoyment whenever I'm watching his show or what him and Darren put out the guests they have on. And when I found out more about it, I was like, what, like they've run this short of Facebook live and, and they have guests in studio and, and the, all this kind of stuff. It, it started to make me feel I'm like, damn, I really need to get out to Regina. And that's <laughs> not something you hear from any Winnipegger or any person from outside of Saskatchewan for that matter, <laughs> because they've just created this such, such a great environment of, of, um, of real sports talk. You know, it's not like like a lot of people who maybe live in Ontario, like they they follow certain scripts or they're under certain people, but the flexibility they've had and, and the flexibility that you guys have had, it really goes to show when you bet on yourself, the sky's the limit. And then you don't have to feel worry about being constricted amongst, you know, corporations or red tape or anything. I oh. to say that those are not enjoyable, but I, I must ask then, you know, if you had the chance to go back to a role with a certain team or a network, would you do it? Um. You know, hey,
1: listen, you'd never say no, but I couldn't be happier um, with where I'm at right now. I mean, I've had some pretty awesome opportunities that came up outside of Winnipeg Sports Talk in the aftermath of TSN kind of shutting down. Um, I've been working with Sportsnet 960 in Calgary um, on a weekly basis, kind of doing one or two shows with Pat Steinberg in the afternoon and kind of getting into doing that more. But again, my priority right now is is Winnipeg Sports Talk. So um, it's been great to be working. And listen, I've, you know, anyone that knows my show, I'm a big um, sports better. I've been following that industry very closely for a long time. And the growth in that is, I mean, is going to be the engine for things like the Canadian Football League going to that next level. And, um, you know, we should hear any day that um, we're getting the green light from the Senate. Nice to see the senators can wake up long enough to actually vote on something. Um, And then, you know and that's going to change the landscape. I think for a lot of things as well. I have a great relationship with Coolbet Canada. I've been doing a lot of work with them uh, again, content-wise about it because there is a demand for it, and it certainly helps their business. So um, I, I, I'm I'm very happy for myself where I'm at. But listen, I'd be lying if I didn't say there still wasn't regrets because while you know Remus and I have been able to start this, and it's pretty exciting going forward, Um, way more than just us that got clipped in uh, you know when you shut down a station and. You know, my hope going forward is that, you know, a few of the other guys that we used to work with we would be able to get in under the Winnipeg Sports Talk umbrella and add some more content on a daily or weekly basis um, and grow from there. But uh, I mean, I would never say no to anything, but I will say that, you know, even right now, you know, what's telling the folks in in, in Calgary who I've been loving working and Pat Snyberg is just an incredible professional, maybe the hardest working guy I've ever met in the business. Um, That while I'm in for all those opportunities, and it's incredible to be able to do these shows remotely. um, Our focus here right now is on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And even if I'd gone, I told the guy early on, I said, you know, it's exciting and it's flattering to, you know, have these opportunities. But I mean, I could go to Calgary, get a great gig and, you know, be relatively happy and successful. And I would have always regretted not trying to do something here In my hometown, in the aftermath of this station shutting down, because I think we're seeing. I mean, you know, while it was really sucked for all of us, there was also an incredible opportunity to be honest, just hand it over on a silver platter. And if you were able to, I mean, I was lucky, like I'd been there from day one till the end. So I had, you know, built a really good following, was pretty synonymous with this sort of content. And Um, There's a lot of people that really liked it. So the fact that we've been able to sort of pivot, deliver it in a different way and do it ourselves without having to worry about anybody else telling us what to do is um, it's turning out quite well. Although I will be honest with you. uh, Wasn't too sure what the hell we were going to do for a couple of weeks after the, uh, the hammer got dropped on all of us.
0: And to think about what that would have been like for it being in your shoes at the very least, is just crazy because I remember just waking up on Twitter one day and then seeing John Hodges tweet like, Oh, I was talking to guys in Winnipeg and they said that they didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, Oh, um, well, that's, I hope that they can at least, you know, support their families for the next week. You know, they don't have to feel like they, yeah. No. And that was the case financially,
1: you know, that was the case. I mean, unfortunately these big companies have taken, um, uh, or or have gotten pretty good at mass layoffs (laughs) over the past number of years. So, I've done this before. I mean, it wasn't everyone got kicked out on the street, um, you know, with nothing. But at the same time, I mean, it's just, I mean, even take away the financial side of it, which is massive. If you've got a family, you got to take care of yourself and pay the bills. But the, I mean, it was just such a shock to the system for everyone just having what was, you know, your life for, you know, up to 10 years taken away. And we heard that as much for the listeners as much as it was for those of us that worked there. And that, I think, you know, consistently hearing that over and over again was really sort of the impetus or the kick in the ass for Rivas and I to believe that, you know, let's let's do this. I mean, let's give it, you know, we're, let's try and establish this over the next few months. And at that point, we'll see whether it's something that we can go forward with, um, you know, long term. And to be honest, we found out very, very quickly Um, to the answer to that question was yes, far earlier than we'd sort of counted on. Um, And it's given us the confidence to sort of just keep on working hard, keep on trying to bring the content and uh, keep on growing the channel um, as we get into CFL season. then of course, uh, September NFL back and uh, a hockey season,
0: hopefully with butts in seats downtown. What's been the most challenging learning curve of this journey of being able to do things on your own dime and really have to be basically like an entrepreneur, You know, you know, it's interesting. I mean, the one thing
1: that why I think I was uniquely positioned to make this happen is that I had a great sales background um, in sports. Um, I mean, I had started when we were talking earlier about, you know, working with the Jets back when I was in school before they left and then, you know, the Moose right at the beginning. Um, I was hustling tickets for a good period of time. Then I was doing corporate sales. Um, I went to work in Edmonton for the Oilers for a year, doing ticketing and corporate stuff, and then came back to be director of marketing for the Moose and had the opportunity to work pretty much in every aspect of the business operations um, when it comes to bringing in revenue. So I had great relationships. I knew how deals were put together. I sort of had that background and that background helped Gary Lawless and I start h originally in that, you know, we were doing, we were essentially giving the content to originally Freak and then CJOB, but we weren't getting a check from them. We had our own company and we would go and sell some of these sponsorships. So in a lot of ways, the 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 business model for what Remus and I are doing right now, we did 10, 12 years ago when Gary and I were starting our show originally, which led to all of this. So I sort of knew, I I had a new, I had great relationships with some of the people. I knew there were some sponsors that, you know, had done stuff with us on the old station that wanted to still support. So I knew that the potential was there. So on that side of things, I had a great background on it. I mean, the tech side of things just has not been, and that's why Remus is such a great partner. Um, He's worked um, tirelessly, spent a lot of time at the University of YouTube, I think, over the last little while, making sure how does this program work and everything, but you know we've got it up and and now you know it's the it's the challenge of you know consistently creating the content putting guests together developing the show on the air and then the other side of things is, you know, obviously building over the business side, which, you know, I had a good background in and, you know, we've had so many people that have contacted us. It's been uh, it's been really exciting to see that grow and get to the point where we know, we hope that we're just at the beginning of something that, you know, can grow significantly. And who knows what Winnipeg Sports Talk as a whole looks like in a year or two from now, uh, because I think that we've had a great start and we're showing right now with the following that we have and the support we've had from both both listeners, viewers, and sponsors. Um, this is something that can really be prosperous going forward. And uh, I think fill a hole and, you know, kind of in some ways, just pivot from what we used to get on the AM dial to podcasting, YouTube. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people that love this format a lot better than they did, uh, you know, listening to a segment and then four minutes of ads and then traffic and weather and all that stuff. They They know what they're getting when they come to WST every day.
0: And I honestly agree that that will become a more popular medium over time. Not to say that radio will cease to exist because it's always going to exist in some form or another, but you talk about Twitch streaming. And even when I hear something like that, I'm like, well, I don't play video games or modern video games for that matter and Twitch stream or any of that stuff. But if that's what the people want, then that's what the people need to get. And people are going to be out there finding a way to get it to those consumers that want to listen and consume the content that they're looking for through twitch through these other mediums and i used to think too old oh, podcast is so oversaturated and who's gonna listen and and you know like <laughs> joe rogan already exists so forget about it but that's not really a good way of thinking about it because there's always going to be some sort of niche and as long as you're enjoying what you're doing and as long as you're able to also survive at this point in your life you need to survive financially like yeah know, <laughs> to support yourself physiologically but you're doing it on your own dime and betting on yourself, I think is, is a way that really helps you to grow. Cause it seems difficult at first. And you're like, how am I going to support myself? I need to, I need to reach out for help. Oh yeah. Who are my resources? But then once you start to put it together, you're like, this is actually a lot better than I thought it would be. If I just was a plug and play. In, and, in a and, big machine, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's so rewarding too, uh, in that, uh, I mean, I'm not speaking about anything personally or anything with bosses. I mean, we had pretty good support from the people within our station. You know, the demise of everything was a number of levels up. Um, but it is cool to be able to, um, you know, to, you know, as you said, bet on yourself to know that, you know, you're going to reap the benefits of your work, um, but also the buck stops with you, uh, you know, and there's some pressure that goes into it. But Um, tell you what, when you get that, you know, when you hit those first milestones, or you, you know, you see the plan sort of coming together, it's in, it's incredibly rewarding. And, um, and it's motivating going forward that, you know, that you're onto something and that this can be something going forward as far as podcasting goes. And I get this question all the time. Because unfortunately, I mean, let's face it, you know, sports, you know, working in sports is, you know, something that we all love to do it. I mean, everyone, for the most part, it's one of those sort of dream gigs in a lot of ways, regardless of your role, whether you're working in ticketing or you're a trainer or something, there's people that love sports and just want that to be their industry. And at times that's made it more difficult to get into it because there's so many people like, how do you differentiate from this guy to this guy? I mean, it depends on the job, of course, but when it comes to media right now, um, you know, there's so few opportunities we're seeing stations close, um, you know, in some ways you really do sort of have to create your own thing. And like what you're doing here, it's awesome in that, you know, you get experience talking to a ton of people and you get reps continue to make yourself better. And you know, when an opportunity comes down the road, you've got all this content you can put together and say, Oh, this is my interview with us. This is James Duff. These are the things that I've done. And. It can only help you personally going forward, and so I often tell people, even if you're just recording stuff and you're not even posting it yet, get into the get you know get into the habit of doing that. I mean, it's essentially the old ten thousand hours thing. If you keep doing something long enough, you, you will get better inevitably. Um, and I'll tell you what, having that sort of I mean, this is a sort of a living resume that you can put forward on other opportunities going forward and you never know what will happen or you can just keep growing it yourself and, uh, and do it that way. So I think it's cool and I think there's way more people that will be going down this road uh, because honestly, in 2021, you can't count on the big company to hire you and stay there for 40 years and live happily ever after. Um, it's a very different world right now and uh, we're all sort of navigating it. Uh, but there's a lot of potential in what you can do on your own right now, uh, and, You know whether that leads you to working for somebody
0: or growing something yourself. hundred percent. And from conversations I've had with people who work in the industry, especially those that are, well, whether they're way younger than me and they're just starting out or whether they're older, more established, or they're kind of in the middle, it is difficult sometimes to not know the footing when there is no opportunity at a big company or when there is no opportunity to To work right away in, a, in even in a, an entry level role, but creating your own resume, like you said, is a way that can be very helpful to learn on the go because people talk about school and school is very important. And I went to school and graduated from University of Manitoba and it's a lot of fun, but then there's other things that made me realize like, wow, the things you, that are gonna be most impactful and the lessons that you are gonna learn that are gonna help you more in your life usually are from things that you take your own initiative on it's not because someone said, Hey, guess what, Hus? If you do this and that, then it's going to lead to this. Someone yeah. could tell you, like, someone could have went into a time machine and said, Hey, guess what? TSN 1290 is going to fold overnight, and you're going to need to find a way to rebound and pivot to something that's still going to provide great content for Winnipeg sports fans. They're going to be like, well, What are you talking about, man? Like, it's a radio station, like, we're in a union, blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden, boom, it happens, but you're not going to learn and realize that until you actually have to do it yourself. And that's the biggest thing that I've learned from doing stuff on your own is that you really do have to bet on yourself because if COVID has taught people, anything is that no job is secure and safe and it can go belly up overnight.
1: Yeah. Oh dude. You know, I, 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 100%. Um, it is, listen, there's a lot of things that will come out of this, but um, the the lack of security in a lot of industries is something that I think freak people out. And you know, listen, a lot of people have had, like, I don't know what the percentage of people that went into the pandemic doing one thing that are coming out of it doing another, but I, I would argue that it's quite significant. Um, but when it comes back to this sort of stuff, um, listen, it's so easy to procrastinate. It's so easy to put stuff off. Um, but- you know, you really just need to go out and do it. And there's no guarantees on anything, but there is a guarantee that nothing happens if you don't do anything. So, um, you know, whether it's starting anything yourself or following, um, following up and working to try to build something slowly while you're doing something else, um, there's all sorts of opportunity at the same time, uh, you know, just with technology, with the ability to do stuff. Uh, when it comes to the media right now, and I don't even know what the media landscape is going to look like in in you know in five years. Like, are the other TSN stations still going? I mean, you know, the Toronto one is sort of connected to the television, and they've sort of kept it that way. But you know, what is, like is do we have sports radio as we know it today in Canada in five years? I'm not sure that we do. The content will be there. The discussions will continue to be going, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if. What Rod Peterson's doing in Regina, what we're doing in Winnipeg, isn't replicated in a number of other markets. I mean, we're seeing it right now. I mean, Vancouver was the craziest thing. I had to go down this whole TSN shutdown thing again, but the Winnipeg and Vancouver stations were the two most successful stations. Edmonton did quite well as well. They didn't have rights, um, and they shut them both down. And I mean, our show in the afternoon for ten years was you know just part of people's day. Matt Sakaris and Blake Price. Same thing in BC and it's cool. I mean, they've kind of launched a, you know, they kind of took a little longer and worked with the company in the meantime to launch the Sicaris and price. They've got a studio and a, they're doing the live show every single day. And, you know, they've got, I'm not sure whether they're generally doing it on an app. That's the one thing we would like to do is take it to an app that if people want to listen live in their car, they can do that as well before the pod comes out. But anyways, we're seeing a lot of the people that were prominent roles just, pivot and do what we're doing right now. And I'm really not too sure whether we don't see way more of that um, or or almost some sort of like a national network of connected things throughout the country of individuals doing things for their local markets and then coming in together to talk about national stuff. It's exciting.
0: Yeah. It's um, it's really just such an interesting way that the industry is evolving because you mentioned what Rod's doing, what you guys are doing and once these shows start to take a life of their own that aren't under certain umbrellas, I think people are starting to realize like, wow, there is a lot more potential and flexibility, especially with the people in Vancouver. Like when I worked at a golf course in Langley every morning, what were guys listening to TSN 1040 Vancouver every single day. I still have, like, I still remember listening to it like on my break and just hearing that, that buzz phrase in, you know, every single time that we'd get in on break, we're always listening to that. But People in Vancouver, they still have this, they have sports out there, thankfully, but there needs to be that content delivered in some way or another. And it's up to the crafty minds of entrepreneurs like yourself to figure out how are we going to hustle, pun intended, for the next venture to succeed and to take off. So that is a very important theme of today's episode. And before we wrap up, I want to ask a few questions. You know, maybe trivia, have some fun before we part on today's episode, cause it's just, it's been such a blast and I want to make sure we can end on, uh, on a sporadic note, so to speak fire away. Okay. What is the best chiefs game that you've ever been to in real life? Besides the first one you went to.
1: Oh, wow. The, that is a tough one. Uh, you know what? I would say two years ago, or maybe three years ago now, uh, Sunday night football, arrowhead, an absolute beat down of the Denver Broncos. And what was so memorable about that game, because there's been some great ones, uh, was 370 pound defensive tackle, Don Terry Poe, throwing up the free throw touchdown pass. They really rubbing it in. I mean, listen, some of my favorite games, the biggest games have unfortunately ended in heartbreak. Um, I went to the playoff game back in 03. I want to say the, uh, the infamous no punt game first playoff game where there was never a single punt in the game. And Peyton Manning was incredible in that game. Dante Hall ran back a touchdown and ended up, I believe 38 31 really the turning point in the game was a non-call on a Tony Gonzalez pass interference that should have been called, but it was basically a tennis match just serves. You know, Everyone was holding serves scoring a touchdown every time they went. That was incredible. And You know, I did go to the AFC Championship game, Mahomes versus Brady, when it should have been over, and uh, D Ford went offside, gave the GOAT another chance to get it done, and he burned us, but um, those have been, those, you know, certainly stand out, and actually the one non-Chiefs game that does stand out, um, give a shout out to my buddy Darren, who ended up getting tickets to... Denver for the Patriots Broncos AFC Championship game Brady versus Manning and uh, of course Peyton won that game and he and his noodle arms somehow got it done against the Panthers in the Super Bowl in San Francisco was there for that as well so uh, those are a few of the games but as far as the Chiefs games there's been many of them that play romping all over the Broncos which by the way is 11 straight now for Kansas City over Denver for any of you Denver fans uh, and it's probably going to be 13 at the end of the season as well.
0: The rivalry in the AFC West is just absolutely fantastic because they're all just, the games are always so tight. Like even people make fun of the chargers for having no fans or the Raiders or whatever, but they always find some sort of way to make it interesting. Even if the chiefs sweep the division, or even if the chargers go in in the division, they always have some sort of super weird, exciting game. You know, that goes right down to the wire.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. That division's incredible. I mean, you've got these long standing rivalries and the Broncos, you know, have had this great defense. You don't really know what the, the quarterback situation is. The Raiders, <laughs> the Raiders, uh, the Raiders are just, uh, are, are always in some sort of turbulent mess. Although I'm a fan of John Gruden, um, maybe more so in the booth than on the on the sidelines. The Chargers, though, are the team for me right now that, you know, I sort of am, you know, looking forward to the games. I mean, Justin Herbert, I mean, I'll never forget him, you know, playing his first game was against the Chiefs week two of the season last year and, you know, he gets told 15 seconds before the game starts that he's going in. I mean, the guys, Hunter Henry famously said, they got into the huddle. He says, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, nobody knew that he was going in because Tyrod had the, whatever it got taken out by the team doctor, <laughs> punctured lungs. So, um, but he was phenomenal this year and they, they're such a snake bit team every single year. It seems they have like one or two massive injuries in training camp before it even starts and they're behind the eight ball. But If they can stay healthy with that quarterback, I mean, those Chiefs-Chargers games are going to be must-see going forward, but certainly Kansas City is still the team to beat right now until uh, they get knocked off that AFC West, uh,
0: the top of the AFC West. What's the most iconic sports memory from your childhood? Oh, wow. Dave Ellett,
1: Dave Ellett, double OT, uh, against the Oilers in the playoffs in '90. I had the Sev tickets with my buddies up at the top of the uh, up at the top of the South End. I think we were in row forty. Went up to row forty-two. If you'd ever been there, I mean, it was the, There's no way anyone could legally build a building like that. I mean, there's no way it would be approved. The grade was so steep, and it, and the Ellet scored one of my. Like, everyone is going nuts. I mean, Randy Turner had the incredible piece. Uh, the, 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 the night the the roof blew off Winnipeg Arena, that was that night, and I I, I, I will never forget. One of my buddies, there's about five of us. We'd always go to seven at five in the morning and get the tickets when they went on. And we were always up in the up at the top. We jump up and then he disappears. And we're like, what happened to Tom? And then he kind of emerges three rows down because he had basically fallen through people. It was that crazy and chaotic upstairs. And, and I ended up in row 37 after the cheering and ended up coming back. But that was that was the night. And I, I remember walking out going, We're finally. We are finally going to beat the Edmonton Oilers. And then we know how it ended with three straight losses, which is why despite the disappointment of the loss to Montreal in round two, there is something very sweet to longtime Winnipegers and long-suffering Jet fans about sweeping the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs the way the team did this year. Uh, didn't end great for Winnipeg, but that is one thing that uh, they will never be able to take away from us, especially when we're going at it with Oiler fans.
0: First franchise uh, sweep in a series was against Edmonton. And that's something that can never be taken away from Jets fans, no matter what.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: What sports memory, or sorry, what sports event? if you could build a time machine and go back, would you place yourself live to watch that you did not have the chance to watch live?
1: Oh, Tiger Masters 2019. I mean, the comeback, the win. I mean, that is just such an iconic, iconic Uh, And, you know, and he, as far as athletes go, regardless of sport, I mean, to me is in that rarefied air with the greatest at anything during my lifetime. And the way he won that green jacket in 2019 is something that, I mean, we will always, always remember. And, um, you know, even the pictures, you get fired up, you see the the scenes on the greens afterwards, and and, you know, everything that Tiger had been through personally, um, you know, as well as, you know, health-wise to get to that point, um, I, I would put that right up at the top of the list. Not to mention it's so damn hard to get on the grounds at Augusta National. That would also check that off the box as well, Matthias.
0: And the final question I have is, what is your favorite memory from a game at Canada Stadium slash Winnipeg Stadium?
1: Oh, wow. Um, I would have to say the Banjo Bowl, two or three years ago, it was just a complete beatdown of the riders. And um, we were sitting in the uh, in the end zone, kind of, you know, close to that Rum Hut area, usually a lot of the crazies back there. And, uh, you know, a, a, a there's um, a punt return. I'm trying to think of who did it. Um, is it Stokes. Oh, it might have been back at the old stadium. There's so many games that come in together, but the bet, ba- listen, the banjo bowl itself are are the the best. And uh, you know when you get uh, w- when you get the boys jumping up into the uh, into the stands with the fans in those sold out games, uh, that to me is uh, is what it's all about. Although to be honest with you, there's other memorable things have been a couple of the delays. I mean, the Milt Stegall night against Montreal, where the game didn't start till 10 o'clock, and uh, the Edmonton H- game. Hamilton, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, like, was, was that the game? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. One of
0: the or something. Yeah.
1: But yeah, like a couple of those memorable nights where you're sitting around. And I mean, I guess one time they put the Blue Jays game up on the screen. We just sat there for two hours watching the Jays waiting for the game to start. And it was weird. Like it was nice outside, but they couldn't start because there was lightning around it. But, um, but honestly, I mean, my favorite things about just to go back to kind of finish up with the uh, full circle to the environment of a game day and it being so much more um, ever since moving to IG Field. Um, you know, we've started doing some great tailgates with a lot of people. And, uh, you know, what we do before the game is as fun as it is when we get into the park. So uh, hopefully that continues to sort of grow and, uh, you know, it'll be great for the CFL, it'll be great for the Bombers, and it'll be great for Winnipeg sports fans. And I think that'll help grow it as we go forward
0: with that, Andrew, that's the conclusion of our episode today. I want to thank you for having been on. It was super, super fun to talk all things sports, especially around Winnipeg and just the evolving landscape of sports media and what you guys have been able to do, you and Mike, and what will continue to be of Winnipeg Sports Talk is fantastic. I'm super excited to see now that Winnipeg can finally have the rival to the Rob Peterson show of who's the best in Western Canada for delivering that real sports content that we want to see every day. But Again, that's what makes the content the best. The fact that it's it's always such an even punch back and forth, it's been super, super awesome.
1: Well, hey, dude, I, I appreciate uh, you having me and uh, for the kind words. And uh, yeah, listen, I'm a big fan. Rod's a buddy and uh, it's kind of working out great. I mean, he goes 11 to one. Lots of our people are watching him before we go live. And then a lot of people finish their show and come over and join us at one o'clock on YouTube. So uh, whether you're checking out the podcast every day or pop it in on the YouTube channel. It's all there at Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, appreciate your support and everyone else listening.
0: Well, thank you for listening to today's episode with host and partner of Winnipeg Sports Talk, Andrew Patterson. First and goal from the one. Is this is it. Stegall.
1: Touchdown. Milt Stickle.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Check out our social media pages for more at Huddle up underscore MB. For full audio, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For full video, head over to YouTube at Huddle Up with Matias Bueno. Tune in next week for another great episode. See you next time. Eating healthy is a common goal that people strive for, but it can be tough when life gets very busy. Being able to eat healthy on the go is becoming more and more important. That's why I'm here today to tell you about G2G protein bars, the best protein bar for eating healthy on the go. It is all natural and made with fresh ingredients like homemade, but better. G2G bars contain 18 grams of protein and are gluten free. With eight different flavors, you'll be sure to enjoy many of the great tastes that G2G bars have to offer. They are fresh, healthy, and delicious. Get yours today at g2gbar.ca or at your local retailer. G2G bars, you will taste the difference.